Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. If you got a Bible, I want you to go with me right quick to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Recently, I... I shared a prayer request in our community. I even shared it on social media. I said, would you pray for me and pray with me because of the many people that I've been meeting with our church and within our church community um, over the last few weeks and last few months, everyone seems to conclude our meeting. Everyone seems to conclude our coffee time. Everyone seems to conclude our conversation on the phone, and they just say something to this degree. Pastor Greg, I just feel like I am in a battle right now. I just feel like I'm in a a battle. I just feel like I'm in the thick of it. I don't know why. I don't know why it's happening. But eventually, as a leader, you go, you know what? I'll pray for you. And you know, yeah, I'll pray for you too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you too. Yeah, I'll pray for you in the middle of the battle. And finally, it, it dawns on you, man, I see a theme taking place in our community right now. I see a theme that maybe is trying to hinder the mission that God has called us to. Maybe a theme that is trying to pervert and thwart the plan that God has for this church, the plan that God has for this movement, the plan that God has for your life. So what I would like to do this morning is I would like to be a pastor, not that I'm not a pastor on any other Sundays, but I would like to be a pastor this morning and really speak into the heart of what a lot of people I think in this room are going through right now. And I think that it's a little more spiritual than any of us would probably consider or like to admit. I think there is in our church right now some challenge going on. Now, I know I run the risk whenever I start this type of topic, someone says, you know what, dang it, Pastor Craig, this is the first morning I could get my friend here at church and pastor's going to talk about this today. You know, pastor's going to talk about spiritual warfare, pastor's going to talk about challenges we face in the Christian life. Well, I actually think, and I want you to hear me, if you are a guest today, you're not a visitor, you're a guest. We don't have visitors at DP. We have guests that are welcome here, and we want you that guest to turn into a member of this congregation. But if you're a guest here today, I think that it's going to be kind of neat for you to be able to listen in, if you can, on what a life following Jesus looks like. And I think this morning you're going to find the gritty side of God's mission. You're going to find the gritty side of what it means to follow Jesus in the mission, and I think it'll be very beneficial for you. You know, a lot of Christians, a lot of human beings really, they they think that, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus because he's going to be my magic dust, right? That's going to make my life so awesome, you know? Like Jesus, the magic dust is going to make my skin so radiant, you know? It's going to be amazing. I'm going to lose finally the pounds that I've wanted to lose for the last few years, and uh, I'm going to marry the most beautiful human on the planet, and I'm going to um, I'm going to have multiple streams of income, this, this following Jesus. So this is why I've accepted to Jesus. This is what I'm expecting in following Jesus. Well, the truth is, sometimes following Jesus, particularly in the mission that he has for our lives, that's mission smart, things seem to get worse in our lives. Things seem to get more challenging. I'd like to explain that today. I'd like to title this message today that God's mission won't be stopped by small potatoes. God's mission won't be stopped by small potatoes. God's mission won't be stopped by small potatoes. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Notice this is the verse we're going to kind of jump off of this morning. First Peter 4 and 12, the Bible says, Beloved, do not be surprised. 
What a great way to start. We can just stop right there real quick. Beloved, right? By beloved, good thing to stop on right now. You be loved. Did you know that, church? You are loved. You are the beloved. How many of you know that I am the beloved? He said, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Don't be surprised as if something strange were happening to you. I want to underscore two words in this verse. Two words, surprised and strange. Surprised, strange. It's amazing to me how many Jesus followers, dare I say just human beings, they find it surprising when challenging times happen. And then they start to think, you know what? This is strange. Something's not right. Something's not good here. I got to change something. I got to fix something. I got to do something. I got to get out of this. I got to do something. I got to respond in some way. And this morning, maybe that's exactly where you find yourself today, both emotionally, spiritually, internally. And if that's the case this morning, I dedicate week number one of Missions March to you, one of the greatest communities on the planet. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that you do not leave us by ourselves. You do not leave us to ourselves. That God, even when fiery trials come as we seek to be missional in our community, even though difficult, challenging times come, God, I thank you that your mission will not be stopped by small potatoes. It will not be stopped by small potatoes, God. I thank you, Lord, that today light will shine where darkness is abound. God, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, your grace would supernaturally lift this congregation in ways that only you can do. Do what only you can do today, Jesus. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, you know, when I started off football, I started off football as a young boy. I was, I think, at the age of eight, and I started playing for the Middle Valley Patriots. And back then, I was a little bit faster than my peers at the time, but we went into middle school football, and I realized in our first practice of middle school football that, that, that football would not be, it wasn't the sport for my best friend, Jordan Lee. And my best friend, Jordan, he was an amazing dude, went on to wrestle at Baylor. He was a major wrestler. His dad was the coach at UTC, but uh, he had never played football before. And I never remember, I never forget, we went out for the very first practice and we're skinny sixth graders, right? Walking out on the practice field there in Hickson, Tennessee. And, and, uh, and I'm not sure why we did it, but we started off the first practice with hitting drills, okay? And I don't know why you do this, but they, they gave me the ball. And I don't know why coaches do this. Football coaches always do this. They call you by the last name, right? And so I've got this piece of tape across the front of my forehead said Mossgrove and coach is like Mossgrove you know and I'm like yeah and he's like get the football and I'm like oh dear god you yeah, know I'm like a sixth grader I'm skinny I'm a little bit fearful he gives me the football and throws me in the middle of the entire team and he says hey Mossgrove this is called ring or bull in the ring and I'm thinking what in the world is bull in the ring you know it's like am I gonna break you know like what is happening you know and and uh, he throws me the ball and then all of a sudden he asked me he said I want you to throw the ball to anybody in the circle and the moment they catch it, they're going to run full speed at you and you're going to try to tackle them. And they're going to see who wins. Are they going to run over you or are you going to tackle them? Well, that would have been good if it would have been like one time, but after you got back up, you threw the ball to the next person and you kept going until coach said it's time, okay? Well, after about the third hit, I've got blackout in my, in my, in my helmet here, right? I mean, literally, it's like I can't see anymore, you know? And he's like, Mosgrove, hit Potter, 
fire and Potter's a big dude, dude. And we take off running and I'm like, you know what? We're just gonna hit kind of patty cake really small. And he just flat, I mean, he just flat hammers me. Well, it comes time for Jordan Lean. And now we move over to the Oklahoma drills. Oklahoma drills, I don't know if you know what Oklahoma drills are, but you put two people on offensive line, a defensive line, and then you get somebody who's a ball carrier back here and you put two mats that you can't kind of run outside and then you got a defender and you're supposed to run up the middle and the defender is gonna lay you out. Well, Jordan gets up there and he has no idea about football and he's like, Lean, get ready. You know, and Lean's like, you know, what do I do? Like he gets in like a, you know, like a runner stance, you know, like he's about to take off and, and, and he says, Lean, and he blows the whistle and Lean starts running. And as he does, a kid on our team named Blazik, I mean, he comes up and I think Jordan thought he was just gonna kind of like, oh yeah, we're friends, you know, kind of throw you to the ground. He flat hammered him. I mean, his feet come up off the ground. He hits on his back and you hear this thud. I mean, it knocks the breath. He thought he was dying. I mean, he thought he was dying. A breath was knocked out of his lungs. He thought he was done. His life flashing before his eyes. I remember the coach, Coach Garland, went over there too, and he said, Lean, what are you doing? And he said, he hit me so hard. It's what he said. I'm not kidding. First day of practice. He hit me so hard, coach. He said, what do you think this is? He said, it's called tackle football. You know, and he's like, get yourself up again. You know, right? All right, boys, let's go after it again. And, uh, and uh, I'm thinking, you know what, Jordan Lean, that's probably the beginning of the end for him because he, I don't think he played the rest of the year. And, and he was quite all right with that. Plus, his jersey stayed clean, you know, and he didn't get any grass stains on his jersey. But, but it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? It's really kind of ridiculous. Bro, are you, are you shocked that you got tackled? You, 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 it's called tackle football. Like you probably shouldn't be afraid and certainly not surprised if you get tackled when you're playing tackle football. I think sometimes for those of us in the room who've accepted the forgiveness of Jesus, the transformation of Jesus, the mission now of Jesus, we sometimes fail to recognize that we are also accepting the lifestyle of Jesus. And you need to understand something this morning. I want you to know here on this first Sunday of, of Missions March, you need to understand something. I am not just a proponent of Jesus making sure you get into the pearly gates one day so you can get in the proverbial, you know, on the clouds and pluck, you know, harps with chubby babies all across heaven. I'm actually of the belief that Jesus is more than just eternity. That accepting Jesus is more than just about eternity. In the meantime on earth we are to walk in his footsteps. We are to walk in his mission. We are to live like him. We are to love like him. We are to look like him. Those are three L's. We are to live like him. We are to love like him. We are to look like him. But sometimes, let me tell you church, those footsteps seem to lead us into painful situations, challenging, difficult times, areas where we feel out of control, areas where we feel overwhelmed. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen, church. I want you to listen to Peter again. Listen to him again. Let's go back to 1 Peter 4.12. Such a great way to start this verse. He said, beloved, beloved, what a great way to start it. What a great way to start one of the most difficult verses in the scripture, right? Beloved says, uh, don't be surprised when you get hit when you go out for football. Don't be surprised if you find yourself on your back with no breath. Don't be surprised, he says, at the fiery trial when it comes on you as, 
as one to test you as though something were strange happening to you. See, some of you, your greatest challenge in the midst of this difficult season and this extended time where you're like, God, why is everything so hard right now? Have you ever been in these seasons before? I'm I'm telling you, the, the seasons where you're like, God, everything is hard. Like, why? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, everything in the world is hard. It's so crazy sometimes in some seasons of life. It's like brushing my teeth is hard. It's like waking up in the morning is hard. It's like driving is hard right now. It's like talking to my wife is hard right now. It's like focusing is hard right now. It's like trying to work is hard right now. It's like trying to do what God's asked me to do is right now. I can't find reprieve. I try to rest and I can't find rest. I try to find settle and I can't find settle. I feel so unsettled inside. I feel so stretched on the inside. I feel tired but then I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm tired again and I wake up the next day and I feel like I felt the day before and you finally get to a place in life when you're following Jesus and his mission where you're like, God, what, 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 what is going on? So sometimes our greatest challenge in the midst of this is we are surprised and we start to think that it's strange. I want to read this to you in the message paraphrase. First Peter chapter uh, 4, verse 12 and 13. Notice what he says. He says, friends, I want you to get the tone here, church. Get the, get the tone of how flippant. How flippant Peter sounds. The tone here is so flippant. He says, when life gets really difficult, don't go jumping to conclusions that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. I mean, just just listen to that tone again, right? Just listen to the tone, like bop, 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 you know, like, woo, you know, oh, awesome, God. Let me read it again. This is kind of fun. You ready? Friends, when life gets really difficult, because it will get difficult, oh, don't you go jumping to conclusions that God's really not on the job. Instead, why? Be glad that you're right in the very thick of what Christ experienced. You're right in the thick. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner, bop, bop, bop. I mean, do you, do you hear the tone of Peter here? So, so if you will, flippantly, like, really, God? I was hoping for like, friend, I know you're in the battle. I want you to fight, fight, fight. Trust, trust, trust. But he's like, friends, you know, and life gets really difficult. Don't jump to conclusions. God's not on your side. <laughs> Be glad you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Do you hear that? I want you to digest that tone. You know, I say, God, I think I need a little more than this. Like, come on, God. Like, but notice, notice what happens when our emotions in the midst of testing and challenging seasons, we start to go, now this is crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. You were warned. You were warned this is tackle football. You were warned when you started following Jesus, you will be on your back and you won't be able to breathe sometimes. Okay, you were warned. It's not crazy. It's not strange. It's not crazy. It's it's tackle football. There's going to be some hits. But notice what the message says. It says this emotion of being surprised leads to, oh, this is strange in my life. And this is where things get really complicated, church. Because in the midst of challenging seasons, when we start moving forward in the mission God has for us, we start to tell ourselves, man, this is strange. And what the Bible says we do is we jump to conclusions. 
See, there are people in this room right now that are battling the emotion and the mental gymnastics of looking around at your surroundings right now. And you're concluding that maybe God has taken a few days off. Maybe God has taken a few days off in your situation. And what happens is you start to jump to conclusions. Bear with me, bear with me just a minute. We start, we start building our theology. Let me tell you what your theology is. Your theology is your view of God. And here's how theology goes bad. Are you ready? When we start getting a new view of God, not based on God and his eternal story, not God and his eternal Bible, but based on our temporary challenging extended season. And what happens is we start changing our theology. We are jumping to conclusions and we start to say, well, God must be like this. Well, God must be like that. Well, God must be this way because of what I'm experiencing. And we jump to conclusions. Let me say it another way. You say, okay, I jump to conclusions. Let me say it another way. You ready? We jump to decisions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we are in challenging times, we jump to decisions. We jump to decisions. We jump to a conclusion. And I'm telling you as your friendly neighborhood pastor with glory right around the corner, in this season, don't make any major decisions in your life. Don't do it. Do not make any major decisions in your life. Don't do it. I've been doing this for almost 15 years. I've been married for 12 years. I've had kids. I've been a parent for nine years. I've been doing it long enough to know that there are some seasons where it's not time to make a big decision. It's not time to change direction. A big change we often want to make because sometimes when we jump to decisions, we're actually trying to jump to escape our circumstances. We're trying to jump to escape our reality. We're trying to jump to escape what it is we're going through. And the reason we're trying to escaping is because we believe that God isn't really working this out. So you know what? If God's not going to work this out, then I'm going to work this out, and I'm going to get out. If I don't get out, then I'm going to work this out, and I'm going to work it out. That's why people wonder, man, I've pastored long enough. That's why people wonder when they get in these seasons, they say, why do things feel like they're getting worse, Pastor Craig? Why are they getting worse? Because instead of, look what verse 19 says from the message. I want you to listen to the tone. It's so flippant. It's so flippant. I want you to listen to it. Is this real? He said, so if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing, and he'll keep on doing it. Really? Really? This is what I get. So if you find life difficult because you're following missions march, <laughs> and you're doing what God asked you to do, take it in stride. Trust him. you got to trust her. Just trust him. Just trust him. Use your truster. Use your truster. Just, just keep trusting him. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and he'll keep on doing it. I'm going through hell, and this is what I get? I'm going through life's most difficult moments, and this is what you give me, Peter? I mean, wow, a master class in survival. God, I get it. This is awesome. But do you hear the tone and message? Oh, you can't miss it, church. Do not miss the tone and the message. This is Peter writing to Christians like you and I, many of us believers in the room today who are feeling pressed on every side. We're feeling like following Jesus is all an uphill battle. We're feeling like it's challenging and it's difficult. And what do we do? The drama begins to grow in us as we get in challenging times and the emotion starts to swell and the perspective gets warped and we start saying things like, I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one. This is terrible, God. I'm getting out of this, God. I hate this, God. I'm getting 
getting out of here. And Peter comes along and he's like, hey, is it hard? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, Peter. And he's like, oh, yeah, just take it in stride. Peter, I need you to feel what I'm feeling right now. I need you to experience the suffering right now. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, I, I-, I need you to calm down. I I need you to calm down. I need you to breathe. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep being missional. Don't give up the mission. Just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, don't think it's strange. Just keep doing what you're doing. But it's so hard, God, that I'm going to change what I'm doing. And that's what a lot of people do. And it complicates it two times and five times and 10 times and 20 times. It complicates the process beyond what you can imagine. So I'm urging you this morning, listen to me, digest the tone of this passage. Let's read it again, 1 Peter 4, 17 through 19 in the message. Look what he says. This is the Apostle Peter. Notice how he communicates these truths, 1 Peter 4, 17 through 19. So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. Why? He'll keep on doing it. You're just going to keep walking. You're just going to keep trusting him. You got a truster? Keep using your truster. Whoa. That's amazing to me. You know why? Because that's exactly the opposite of what my brain and my body wants to do right now. That's exactly opposite of what my body and brain wants to do right now. Now, now I'm not saying the tone here is that God doesn't care about you and he's patronizing you and he doesn't empathize with you and doesn't feel with you and doesn't love you and doesn't, he's not right there with you in it. But can I be, can I today be the crazy guy in your life to say this? You and I could probably calm down a little more And we could probably trust God a little bit more. We could probably calm down. We could probably say, you know what? (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. I'm not trying to get through this year. I'm trying to get through today. You ever live this kind of suffering season? I'm just trying to get five minutes. I've been there. I'm just trying to make it five more minutes. God, I'm just going to make it five more minutes. And, And you know what? You know what? I, I like chickmunks, and, and I saw one today, so today's going to be a good day, you know? Today's going to be a good day. I like hummingbirds. I saw a hummingbird today. Today's going to be a good day, right? I'm just, I'm going to make it through today. It's amazing how much energy being surprised and thinking something is strange takes. It's amazing how much energy being surprised takes. You, you ever walk around the house, anybody ever shocked you, and you were surprised, you know, they shocked you and, you're so, and your heartbeat goes up and your adrenaline goes rushing through their body and, and then you get really tired. And you're like, what in the world just happened? Well, you, you get tired from being surprised. What are you saying? It takes more energy than you think it does to keep being surprised. It takes more energy than you think it does to, to consider something strange. So you, you're like, God, God, what, what is going on? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Following his footsteps. Look, what is going on, God? Look, look at Jesus. Look at his mission. Follow in his footsteps. So I was praying this week. And I got across this message. And God began to stir my heart. And I said, okay, God, I, I need a little bit more than this. Okay? I'll tell you what happened in my family this week in just a few moments. But I'm like, I, I just need a little bit more than this. I, I need, God, you're going to have to give, throw me more bones here. And, 
And I was reminded of a story in my favorite gospel, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. This is an amazing, amazing story. In John chapter 5, it's a remarkable story, but I want to show you an aspect of the story that I believe is going to give you strength this morning. I believe it will really encourage you this morning. Because no matter, no matter how difficult it gets, church, no matter how challenging it gets, we can't go lay back down. We can't turn back. We can't forfeit the mission that God has given us. We can't say, nope, I, I, don't, I never heard what you asked me to do, God. We can't lay back down no matter how difficult. You know what? It's difficult. I don't understand it. It's challenging. It's taking all I got. I, I want to be surprised. It does feel strange, but you know what? I can't lay back down. So here's what happens in the story. Jesus comes to this pool. It's an amazing, unusual, kind of strange pool, and a bunch of sick people are there. They're people that are, are paralyzed, people that have uh, diseases, people that have been sick for a long time. For some reason, he singles out one man. We don't know the man's name. We don't know why he goes to that one man, but he goes to this one man, and we know that he's been at this unusual pool for 38 years. 38 years. It's unusual because this pool, every now and again, the angelic presence of the angel would come down and stir the pool, and, and it was kind of like a lottery pool. Whoever would get in the pool first would be healed, right? It was like if you had connections and you had the ability to move really fast, roll really fast, jump in really fast, then you would get healed and everybody else wouldn't get healed. It's kind of like a lottery pool. It's kind of like this crazy pool. So whoever's the fastest gets the healing. Well, this man evidently ain't got no connections because he ain't made it first in 38 years. He ain't made it to the pool first in 38 years. He's been lame. Well, Jesus walks up to him and he says, um, you say, why did he walk up to him? I don't know, but God chooses who he chooses. But he says, do you want to be made well, sir? Do you want to be made well? And the man says, he starts explaining to Jesus the reality of his circumstances, the reality of his life. And he says, well, I I don't have anybody to help me. You know, I'll be really close sometimes, Jesus, or God, you know, this man, he doesn't know his name. I'll be really close sometimes, but just when I'm about to get to the pool, somebody always gets in front of me. And he's trying to tell Jesus the circumstances of his life. What he fails to realize is that the man who is in front of him controls all of that and a whole lot more than that. So what the man is telling Jesus is this, if you'll stick around a little bit, Jesus, the angel come down and you can pick me up and put me in the pool. I can be healed. And Jesus is like, bro, I am the pool. I made the pool. I am healing. If you'll stick around a little bit, you can help me get in the pool. I am the pool. And John 5, 8, look what Jesus says. Even though the man doesn't really answer him, he insinuates that he wants to be well, but he didn't tell Jesus he wants to be well. He just said, I need some help getting into the pool, right? And he says in verse 8, he said, Jesus said, get up, take up your bed and walk. Get up, take up your bed and walk. I would like to suggest to us this morning that this story is a portrait and a picture of how Jesus saves us. We are internally emotionally, spiritually paralyzed. That's who we are. We can't go to God. We don't find God. God chooses us. He approaches us. He comes to us while we're paralyzed. And he says, do you want your life to change? You want your life to change, Craig? Now, we don't understand what he means when he asks us, does he want our life to change? So we start telling him the conditions of our life. Well, like, you know, I had a good job, and then I did this, and I got that job, and then I fired on this job, and then and I had this man, and, was, and then I got a divorce. And, you know I mean? and God's like, oh, you, you, missed, you missed what I was asking. I was asking, do you want me to change your life? Do you want me to transform you? And he says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Simple words, church, but ridiculous in nature. Ridiculous. It's like if it was that easy, wouldn't he have done it 38 years ago? 
Oh, you're a funny guy. <laughs> I haven't thought of that before. Get up, take up my bed and walk. Yeah, <laughs> great opportunity. Right? I mean, how ridiculous is this statement from the Lord? He's paralyzed. He can't move. I love Jesus. <laughs> like, you can get up now. You can get up now. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate that. You know, I hadn't thought of that in the last 38 years. And look what the Bible says in John 5 and 9. At once. At once. At once. At one moment. At once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. Notice, I want you to understand that word healed right there. Let me explain it. When he said he was healed, that means he was made completely whole. When Jesus heals this man, I want you to observe something. He doesn't say, hey, you can go ahead and start using your legs. And the man gets up off the ground and says, woo, woo, I ain't used these in a little while. You know, whoa, I, I, I ain't used these. Now, 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 the work I do in your life, sir, you, you just got to start walking out. That's what the Bible says. The Bible gives no hesitation and no inclination whatsoever that this man had to be unparalyzed by God, that he just needed to be unparalyzed by Jesus. No, he actually gave the man joints and ligaments and muscles that were not there before. He ain't walked in 38 years. That's called muscle atrophy to the extreme. He gave this man new knees. He gave this man new calves. He gave this man new ankles. He gave this man new feet. Now notice at once the Bible said this man has normal healthy legs. He, he's not trying out his legs. No, 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 no. At once. Let me tell you something. That is called salvation, church. God doesn't just forgive you. He also fixes you. He also transforms you. You become whole. I want to say to you, whether you come in here today with a church background or not, at once today, Jesus can save you. At once today, you can be made whole. At once at once. And when you're saved, let me tell you something. You're wholly saved. Every joint and ligament and muscle in your spirit is saved. You are made whole in your spirit. But notice what the next verse says. Now that day was the Sabbath. This is a part of the story I've forgotten about. The Sabbath. And the Bible says in verse 10, look at the next verse. After it was the Sabbath, the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're on a mission here? Oh, y'all better stick with me this morning. I'm going somewhere. Oh, you, you, you just got touched by Jesus. You just made a decision to follow Jesus. You just got born again. You just got your sins forgiven. You just received the transformation God desires. And, the, and the, immediately the religious policemen are there saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, 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 what do we got here? What, what's actually going on here? You, and, and he's like, you, you, you guys have never been bothered before by me. You, you, never, you never messed with me for the last 38 years. You never said anything to me. I, I don't even know who did it I don't even know who told me to get up that man said it. he said get take up your mat and walk and then look at the Bible says in verse 12 he says the man who healed me he said take up your bed and walk and, and they asked him well who 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 is the man who is the man who said to you take up your bed and walk now a, a few moments ago they didn't even notice the man on his mat but after a few moments 
No one was bothered by this guy for 38 years. In fact, no one had been bothered by him at all in his life. No one even cared. Nobody took the time to even notice him. See, here's what happens in our life. When we follow God and his mission and we say, oh, Jesus, save me. Oh, Jesus, redeem my family. Oh, Jesus, call me by your grace. What we won't realize is that in saving us, that might frustrate the people who are in our life. It might frustrate the individuals that are around us. He got healed, church, and he instantly is in controversy. He's instantly in challenging times. He's instantly challenged in the mission that God has given him. And the guy says, this is amazing. This is awesome. I, woo! All I know is I got these, you know. And he's surrounded by religious policemen. Hey, 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 hey. What do you, what, what, what do you think you're doing? You, you, what do you think you're doing? What are you getting up? And he's like, guys, do you, you remember me? Like, do, do you see the change? You don't see the change? Like, I've been laying down. Hey, 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 hey. You, you, you need to lay back down. You, you need to go lay back down. You need to put your mat back down. You, you can't be healed on the Sabbath. You need to lay back down. Jesus, can I just be honest? We read these stories and we fail to remember and recognize that Jesus really disrupted this man's life. Now, generally positive, but nonetheless, he disrupted this dude's life. This man's life. Because now he has enemies he didn't have before. Now he has opponents he didn't have before. He's walking around town saying, why am I getting dirty looks from everybody? He's walking around town saying, why am I having some fiery trials? Why am I having some challenging times following this Jesus? I mean, no one even noticed me before, but, but now I keep getting, I keep getting, I, I thought everybody would be happy for me. I thought everybody would be happy I saved. I thought everybody would be happy I got my sins forgiven. I thought everybody would be excited I got redeemed. I thought everybody would be on my side that things are going well now. But now I got people whispering about me I was the guy laying down y'all like you remember remember you threw me the coins and now you're cornering me what's going on it's the life of Jesus on mission it's the life of Jesus on mission we're always like God I'm so glad God saved me Woo! and he healed me but now he has a lifestyle for you. And oftentimes in the mission he calls you to, you will feel surrounded. You will feel surrounded. This poor man has a new body, y'all. He's just trying to test drive his legs. He's just trying to test drive those legs. He's trying to roll through the streets. He's, he's trying to do his... And now he's surrounded by religious police dogs that are looking at him. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? What, what is it you're doing right now? He's like, I, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even know the guy's name who, who spoke to me. He just told me to take up my bed and walk. Well, Jesus, we don't have time to read it. We'll later find this man and he'll say, um, what really needs to be healed in you is not legs, but what really needs to be healed in you is your soul. And I can offer you forgiveness. Jesus goes and finds him in the temple a little bit later. He says, I will give you freedom. And that's what really God desires to do in his life. But I forgot this part of the story. I realized the moment Jesus came into this man's life, woo, a miracle was performed. Healing and wholeness. And all of a sudden, he got new enemies. Jesus, what's this about? Just, 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 just trust me. 
but these guys don't like me anymore. God, just, just trust me. You'll be all right. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's not always going to be this. Just trust me. And this church, you listen to me if you haven't heard me yet today. This is where the rubber meets the road because somewhere in this process of when Jesus saves you and you start following Jesus and then you feel concerned and stuff that was never disrupted in your life gets disrupted in your life. Things that were never disrupted in the first place are now disrupted. And you start following him and stuff around you gets troubled. You start saying, well, well maybe... Maybe this mission isn't worth it. And here's what you start doing. You start thinking, maybe I got to dial back my commitment a little bit. Come on, if you've never been here before, you, you just need to, you just need, you, you, this ain't the church for you. Maybe, maybe I just need to dial back my commitment a little bit because I was a little too passionate for Jesus there. I'll follow you anywhere. Well, maybe some places, you know, like not, not all places, God, but, but you, you feel, right? But I want to say to you, your salvation has to be as real to you as these new man, uh, this new legs were to this man. It's got to be that real to you. Please hear me. This is the only power that will sustain you and keep you in the thick of it with Jesus. If you want to be sustained in life, to follow through with the mission that God has for you, this is the only power that will keep you. If there's a believer in here this morning who says, you know what, I have never felt like lessening my commitment, then I want to say to you, congratulations, you are the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the rest of us are normal. Are normal. And no one has to know when you lessen your commitment, by the way. It's just internally, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I was getting a little crazy there. I'll, I'll follow him anywhere. Well, I'll follow him some places. I, I'll lay down a little bit of the mission God's given me because I'm, I'm beat up a little bit right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blend in in this season. I'm going to blend in in this season that's challenging. And he's walking through the streets like, hey, 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 is that you, man? Are you that guy? He's like, no, no, man, I no, no. And he's, he's like, yeah, right, look at your legs. And he's like, no, no, man, we good, we good, bro. We good, I ain't the guy. I'm just going to blend in a little bit. I'm just going to be me, you know, you know, it, that's what tends to happen, right? Challenging times. I love this conversation because they stop him. They stop the man and say, hey, what are you doing? And uh, he says, do you know who I am? <laughs> this ain't a big town, folks. Everybody knows everybody's business. Do you, I'm, I'm the man laying down for 38 years, and I'm using my legs now. And I got some new calves, and I like them. <laughs> I mean... What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm, I'm walking. Hey, 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 you need to go lay back down. You, you need to put your mat back down on the ground. Uh, no. This guy doesn't even know it's Jesus, but you notice that there's not even one moment of hesitation where he thinks he will go lay back down. Oh, yeah, 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 no, that's my bad, that's my bad. I, got, I was too much involved with his G. I just go, I just go lay back. Not one moment of hesitation. And the reason I can't, sir, the reason I can't lay back down as much as you, as much as you don't like me and as much as life gets difficult and as much as life gets challenging and, 
And life, but Jesus gets, Jesus, you know, very challenging before Jesus. If, if you think that's hard because, you know what, now I'm walking in a fog. Now I got challenges in my family. Now I feel like, you know, things are going out of control in my life. And now I feel like, you know, when I follow Jesus, trials and difficulties have come. But, but if you think that's bad, if you think, oh, that's bad, you have no idea what my life was like when I was on the mat. I was on the mat for 38 years. I was in misery for 38 years. I had no life. I had no legs. I was not able to walk. I was not able to move. And Jesus came in my life and he changed my life. What am I going to go back to? What am I going to do today? Am I going to go back to the pathetic pool and play the lottery of life and trust my broken self? No siree. There's not even a hesitation in this man, even though he's surrounded by bullies. There wasn't a moment of hesitation in the situation. And that is it. That's it. We forget in challenging times and following the mission God's given us, we forget how there is nothing without him. Without Jesus, we lay on our mats and we hope to get lucky. And then one day this stranger walks up to us and we can't really see him. And he thinks it's a little odd that he's there. And he says, you want your life to change? And... And you think, why did he approach me? And why, why in the world is he asking me? And then when he speaks, before I know it, I'm doing something I've never been able to do before in my life. When he speaks my name, I'm able to move in ways I've never moved in my life. And, and I feel life. And I feel free. And I feel forgiven. But I forget that sometimes when I'm surrounded by opponents and I'm troubled and I start going, why? 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 See, the power to stay where you are and keep moving forward. If you got to find somebody to talk to about what you need to find somebody to talk to about it. If you need to find somebody in this church you need to talk to about what's going on in your life, you find somebody. That's what a community is for. Hey, can, can you, you just go to them and say, hey, can we go to coffee? I want to tell you my story. I, you want to go to coffee? You got 20 minutes to go to coffee. I want to tell you my story. And you don't tell them your story because they need to hear your story. You tell them your story because you need to hear your story. And you get with them and you say, all right, you want, you want cold brew? You're good. You're good. All right, coffee. You want, you want, you know, dirty child, what you want? All right, cool. So, um, so listen, um, um, listen, um, uh, you, you never heard, I never, I never told you my story. No, no, I never. Okay. So, um, listen, I, I, uh, I moved to Atlanta and, and, uh, and, um, man, it, it's bad. It's bad. I, th- I thought I was, you know, getting my grind on. I thought I was going to do it. Man, this is what God's asked me to do. And, and uh, man, it just, it's just, I felt really alone. And, and life started. And, and then it hits you. You remember your map. Oh, oh yeah, there's, there's nothing for me to go back to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no life to actually go back to now. Oh, I, I don't, I know it's bad now, but you should have known me then. You should have experienced me then. Uh, come what may, come what comes in my life, I can't go lay back down. I can't surrender. There is nothing for me there. It's 38 years of misery. All I got is him. And you know what? If things go from bad to worse, so be it. I don't have any other options, folks. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I don't have any other life. He is Jesus to me. There's nowhere else to turn. And that's why I think Peter has this tone. Because he wouldn't even suggest because you know what God did for you. He just says, keep doing what you're doing. 
Relax. Well, well Peter, I, I might quit. You ain't going to quit. You're not going back down. You ain't going back to your mat. You got nothing there for you. You're not going to go back to your mat. Just, just keep walking. Well, it hurts. Well, it hurts me too. Just keep walking. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep moving forward in the mission. Why are you so matter of fact, Peter? Oh, because you were dead. And now you are alive. And I know when you're on a mat, nobody took shots at you because you were already dead. But when you get up and start using your legs in the mission God's called you to and say, I'm going to be a part of the solution rather than lay in, in passivity and be a part of the problem, then all of a sudden you're going to be a target for people. And not just a target for people, a target for the enemy who hates your soul. You're going to be a target to try to hinder the, the mission that God has for your life. Listen, don't, don't mistake me. Following Jesus is the best. But make no mistake about it, you are a target. You are a target. Make no mistake about it. You are a target. But you know what? What an honor. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor to just simply draft off of our King Jesus. Just be drafting off of Jesus. What an honor to be ridiculed. What an honor to be attacked because you're walking in the very footsteps of Jesus, you become, a, you become a target. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor. What an honor, this fiery trial that's come upon you. And internally, you must be feeling, woo! I must be doing something with my life because the steps I'm taking kick up some dust. They're transforming some lives. It's got the attention of a Satan. It's got the attention of an enemy. What an honor. I don't have anywhere else to go. I would tell you all, it's no secret, it's been a tough season of my life. There's no season that's been halfway as challenging as these last few months of my life. Halfway challenging. People say, you know what, I have no plan B. And I'm like, I literally have no plan B. What, what else do I have? What else can I do? I can't lay back down. I got to keep walking. I have to keep moving. There is no plan B. There's nothing to turn back to. You know what I pray for my kids every day? Here's what I've been praying for my kids. Lord, make my son, make him good for nothing but following you. Make him good for nothing but following you. Make him good for nothing, Lord. It comes down to it. Make him good for nothing. But let him be a preacher. Let him be a, 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 an established witness of your kingdom. Lord, make him good for nothing. And I want you to listen to this. I'm, I'm closing. Come on. Keys. Listen to this. This is so incredible. Hear me today. Hear me today. Look at me, church. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, you stand and you see the salvation of your God. You stand and you see the salvation of your God. Don't you let it stop your mission. Don't you let it stop the mission God's called you to. It won't last forever. I promise you it won't last forever. It feels like it'll last forever. I, I can't tell you how many times my wife had to look at me in the last few months and look at me daily and remind me more times than once in a day. It won't always be this way. It won't last forever. But right now, you're in the thick of it. Right now, you're in the thick of what Christ has experienced. I want you to listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to listen to the boldness. This sounds like a man who was lame who got up and walked again. He said, we're not keeping this quiet. Not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus would just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Come on, church. 
Come on, church. He will raise you up alive. Every detail works to your advantage. Oh, you're not hearing me, church. You're not hearing me, church. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. We serve a King Jesus who takes what the enemy intends to harm us and destroy us and bring destruction on us, and he turns it around for our good. He said every single detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. And I love this next verse. Woo! I love this next verse. We're going to keep doing what he told us to do. We're not jumping ship. We're not making rash decisions. We're not jumping ship and saying I'm leaving it. I'm not jumping to a conclusion and changing my theology. No, he says just keep doing what you're doing. Keep moving forward. He called us to this. He called dwelling place to this. We're going to keep doing what he asked us to do. I love this verse right here. He said more and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. Can I tell you the future prophetically of this church? More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. And I know you're going through hell and I know it's difficult in seasons but you got to understand more and more grace awaits you more and more people await you and more and more praise awaits you that's the future of our church that's the future of what God's doing what do we have to do Craig we just do what he's called us to do we just keep walking in it what am I going to do lay back down I'm going to keep moving more and more grace more and more people more and more praise Look what he goes on and says, verse 16. So we're not giving up. How could we? How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On top of us. On the inside where God's making everything new. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. You know what that means? You can't see the whole story on the outside. But even on my difficult days, his grace unfolds on the inside. His grace unfolds on the inside. I know outwardly you're wasting away, but His grace is unfolding. These, these, no, 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 no. Now look at the tone. Here it is again. Here's Peter. Look at the tone. Look at the tone. This is Paul speaking. He said, these, these hard times are small potatoes. What? Small potatoes. Man, I feel like these are like Idaho big potatoes. These trials, they're small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. Okay, Jesus, okay. Okay, Jesus. That is the truth about life. And if I connect myself to Him, we've not come this far, church, to go back again. You hear me, you hear me. God has not brought you this far to let you turn back and lay back down. You have a mission, do you hear me? You have a mission in Jesus. And I don't care what comes your way. Hell and high water comes your way. You have a mission. You are a target, but you've come way too far to say I'm turning back now. You've come too far to say I'm dialing it back now. I'm gonna keep moving forward with fervency and what God has called me to do. You know, church, you have a good heavenly father. And he only gives good things. And seasons like this, they do hurt. They're hard. They're difficult. 
but I had I had a tragedy in my family this week. I was sitting in church last Sunday and I got a phone call from my mom time and time again to say, come out, it's an emergency. So I went out to the parking lot and long story short, my mom's sister, who is my aunt, who I love dearly, grew up with, she, last Saturday night, while driving home late at night, she was on a road in Chattanooga. Many of you may have seen the news. It's been the, the key news story, even made national news. A cop was checking a manhole and she hit a cop, did not know she hit a cop. She thought she hit a sign and she killed him. And she continued on and she went home. And she went on the TBI top 10 most wanted list for the state of Tennessee. They started combing the area and finding video footage of what car it was. And I walked out here and I called her and she answered. And I just asked her, I said, Janet, you just have to, you just have to promise me that before you turn yourself in, you, you won't, you won't kill yourself. She said, I have nothing else to live for. And I called her two sons out in the parking lot. I feel so bad for them. And I said, he said, I just feel like my mom died. They'll never see her grand, she'll never see her grandkids. So it's been a firestorm of week. The whole city of Chattanooga behind it saying horrible things. I hope she rots. They're posting pictures of electric chairs saying, I hope she rots in hell and kill her and destroy her. To watch my family go through that, to watch my mom, who's her sister, endure that. Go to a restaurant last night and somebody come up to her and ask her, are you Janet's sister? I mean, it's all over news, three or four times the stories a day. I'm like, God, like... It's not from you, God. Like, but this world, man, this world is cursed and it's subject to futility and wars and diseases and famine and brokenness. It's all around us. It's all around us. And I want to tell you today, God loves you so much. God loves you so much. And I know it's harder to think about right now, but someday he's going to make it all all right. He's going to make this whole world all right. He's going to make everything all right. Right now, it's not all right. Right now, it's not all right. And there's people in this room, man, maybe like me, you're going through some stuff you should never have to go through. Maybe you're going through some stuff and you're saying, God, I'm following you. I'm following you, God, but it's hard down here. It's hard down here. And I just, I'm just here to tell you. Your father wants you to know he will never leave you. He will never leave you. And I think I feel before we sing today, I've been going through tough times and what I needed was a dad just to put his hand on my shoulder, just the reaffirming touch and just keep doing what you're doing, Craig. Relax, trust me. It's going to be all right. It won't be this way forever. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in prayer. And I feel the heavenly hand of the Father come down on my shoulder. Say, it's not always going to be like this, Craig. I promise you. I promise you. But just in the meantime, stay steady. Stay steady. Just keep moving. And I'm here to tell you today, I feel the heavenly Father's hand coming down on you today and saying, it won't always be this way. Just keep being steady. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't you lay back down. Don't you put the mat on the ground. 
you keep walking. You keep trusting me. You keep believing me. I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to make any decisions. I'm going to keep moving. Friend, you are loved by God. You are loved by God. God loves you so much, and he's so invested in you, and he so cares for you, and he's so involved with you, whether you feel him or not. He loves you. He's with you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.